And how vain is it to sit down to write when you've never stood up to live? Welcome to Darken the Page, a podcast for lovers of writing and the creative process. And now, here's your host, Dave Buda. Welcome to Darken the Page. Today's guest is Amir Karkudi, and Amir and I uh, have a really, really great relationship where we used to get together every morning, uh, every week in San Diego and have breakfast and just talk about, just talk about life. Um, he's also a coach. He's written four books. He's got some really brilliant experience in just letting go and letting the writing come through you, letting the writing be the writing. He's a really, really brilliant uh, philosopher and coach in that respect. Make sure you check out the show notes. I'm going to include some of the links, um, a link to one of the books of his we talked about. It's darkonthepage.com slash 003. And don't forget, we post three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And if you enjoy the show, please share it and with your friends, leave a review on iTunes and let us know what you think. Thanks for listening. And here's the interview. I'm here with Amir Karkudi today, and I'm really excited because Amir and I um, used to have breakfast um, every week in Encinitas, California, and I really enjoy our conversation. I also want to say, um, Amir, um, thank you for um, saving me a lot of time um, back in, um, I guess about like six, seven months ago. I, I, I brought some ideas to you, and, and your your experience as a, an author who's done four books um, really help me out and I think through our conversations um, writing for me I, I really give myself permission to have writing not be so serious um, have it be you know easy and like like play and, and so I'm really excited to have you on today and thanks for coming on I am really excited to be on the show and uh, matter of fact uh, hanging out with you and reading your stuff recently you would never guess that you had an issue with having uh, to write something. So I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad to be on this phone call with you. Yeah, yeah, me too. And uh, I do have issues, man. I got I got problems here. Uh, no, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, but yeah, just tell me a little how you got started writing. I mean, you know, you've been, uh, you know, you've you've finished four books, and you've, um, you know, you've you've had a, a some you know some really some really nice success, and you've also done some things that maybe you didn't, weren't that proud of, and so tell me about all that. Well, let me start off by telling you that I was never a natural writer. Matter of fact, in ninth grade, I wanted to be bumped up to an honors English class. Um, and my, my teacher at the time said, unfortunately, you don't have the skills and, uh, for you to go up to the next level, so we're going to have to keep you here, which it devastated me. And uh, I asked mm -hmm. my teacher why, and, and it, it, it turned out that because English was my third language, I had a really tough time uh, expressing what, what I wanted to say on paper. Mm -hmm. But that didn't stop me. I'm 35 years old now, you know, 28 years later, however that was. I wrote four books within two years. And my first book, ironically, took the longest, and it was a marketing book because I was writing it simply for trying to get fame, try to be Amazon bestseller. I was trying to use that as a bigger and better business card so I can have some credentials. And interestingly enough, it was really, you know, it, it, I'm sure it helped people, but it wasn't who I was. It was written, as I would say, I was writing to live, not living to write. Mm -hmm. um, I was writing so I can get something out of it from others or from myself, prestige. And uh, once I cut all that crap out, I actually started, I was surprisingly better writer than I thought. And uh, that's kind of where I'm at now where my writing process doesn't have a process at all. And we'll kind of, you know, sounds sounds contra contradictory, but we'll kind of get into what that means in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I really, um, <laughs> one of my favorite things about you is, is, is seeing you learn from the, I, I want to call it like the American dream mistakes, you know, <laughs> like, you've, like you've, you've really gone, you've really gone all in on some things that, that, um, just turned out to be, I mean, I think we all have in a sense, but you really gone all in on, on the American dream at, and, and some things and, and then kind of watched it just be a bad idea, but, but you really have the, the guts to just go for it. And I like that. <laughs> so, uh, 
yeah, tell me about that. So what was that like trying to write a book that was, you know, you, you had all these intentions for it and you wanted it to be a bestseller and like, what was that process like? Man, it was literally like, I wanted to punch myself in the face all the time because it was so, uh, it was so contrived. And then, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd make all these rules of sitting down and, you know, do it in the morning or do it in the afternoon. I, I bought programs that were like, how to be a bestseller in, in, you know, 30 days or less. And so I started getting more into the programs in my actual book. And that was, uh, that was a sign for me that maybe this is not the way to write a book. Um, I got it done, but it felt like it was a thesis paper. It was something that I had to do for school. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, it was not me and it, and it was terrible. And actually, you know, someone asked me, well, what's the difference from then from now? Like how, how else could you do it? Like, <laughs> You know, there's a there's a quote by Ernest Hemingway. He says, "There's nothing to writing. All you do is sit down at a typewriter and bleed." And yeah. I know what that means now. You know, for me, it's the same way that I fall asleep. I have no really control of it. My body decides to sleep when it wants to. And matter of fact, when I wake up, I have I have no say in that either. And my writing process has become that. Nice. It's just it's a happening inside of me. It's not something that I'm actually doing. Nice. Yeah, I love that. I love uh, paralleling it to falling asleep because it's so true, right? We we just give ourselves the opportunity to go to sleep, and then our body decides when that time is. Yeah, and a matter of fact, uh, if you try to will yourself, you've probably done that. Where you said, "I need to sleep. I need to sleep." No, I <laughs> got to get every myself night, to bed. You know, yeah. Only right, exactly. And guess what? It, it, it doesn't do much. And the writing process is the same. Unfortunately, a lot of us. Who started or still maybe have the problem is they go, I need to write, I need to write, I need to write something good. It needs to be powerful. It needs to look a certain way. And we get back to nothingness again, where there's nothing that we can actually get on the on the screen because we're we're too infatuated with our thinking about writing and actually not not having the time and space to create the writing in of itself. So I'm so loving this analogy of falling asleep, um, and I'm starting to think about what what do, what do people do to fall asleep. And one of the things they do is count sheep. And and I see such a parallel from that to the writing process. It's kind of, you know, what Steve Chandler talks about is darkening the page. Like, just darken the page. Or, you know, our um, guy we know, Ron Wilder, you know, had, when he's writing a book, if he, was, if he was feeling stuck, he would just start copying a newspaper and just typing it, you know, and just copying word for word the newspaper until he felt like, you know, something came to him. And, and I love that. It's like, that's the same thing that we do when we're trying to fall asleep. We don't try to fall asleep. We count sheep. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we fall asleep. And when we're yeah. writing, we, we don't yeah. try to write. We just, you know, type words on a page. And then all of a sudden, oh, look at that. Like, I have an idea and I want to write about something. And, and I just, I love that. And now, you know what? Uh, full disclosure, we, we spent about 20 minutes in this and then the interview crapped out. <clears throat> And I'm liking this idea even more than the other stuff we were talking about. <laughs> so good for us. Um, I do, you know, I do want to to kind of go back to one of the things that we talked about that got uh, that crapped out, which is this idea of of the writer's block reframe that you came up with. Um, just, I just wanted to talk about that for a second because it was really brilliant. Oh, so, so, you know, I hear this thing about writer's block, that people sit in front of a computer and there's nothing to write. And for me, I never thought of it as writer's block. It's just more time for me to read other people's stuff and get inspired. So, you know, when we think of writer's block, we think about when we're sitting down and nothing comes out. But we forget that our experience of life is what gives us the material to write. So there's never ever such thing as writer's block. It just means you, you don't have access to that particular experience you're writing about in that moment. Then great. The best uh, writers are the best readers as well. Matter of fact, uh, Stephen King wrote, if you don't have time to read, you don't have the time or the tools to write. Mm. Simple as that. Nice. And I could not agree with them more. I I, uh, I never look at it as writer's block. I look at it as time for me to uh, look at other people's stuff, get inspired by it, or just, just take a break. So it's your body telling you now is not the time to write. And what a brilliant way to know that, you know? Yeah. I love that Stephen King quote. That's really good because I, I do, you know, I, I do find that writing is one of the uh, reading, is one of those activities that every time I sit down with a book, it's kind of I get this feeling of like, 
why haven't I been doing this more? Like what, you know, what, what, what is so important in my life that I, that I don't sit down and read more, especially as a writer, because it really does inspire my writing. And, and, and I, yeah, I just, it, I can't, I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. I love, love that. Yeah. yeah. And, and for people that are, that are wanting to be better writers, become better readers. I think that that's, that's the, the opposite side of the coin. And they go hand in hand. It's not, it's not, you know, it's in my experience, it's not a strategy to go, right, okay, I gotta read more. <laughs> but it's worked for me in, in that sense of, of that when, when, when I can't get something out of me for that moment, then let me get something in me. And let's see what that creates and what that sparks. So, nice. so I look forward to blocks. <laughs> I really do. It, it gives me a block of time to read. That's yeah. how I see my block. Yeah, it's like a writing vacation. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little about your writing process, and you know you've written these books in, in a relatively short amount of time. And so what, what, what? If I would had to follow, if I was going to follow you around with a camera and it wasn't creepy, which you know whatever, um, <laughs> what would I what would I see? Like what, what what do you what is what's your life like when you're writing? So good question. You would see a lot of post-it notes because I get the most random ideas at the most random times. So you'll always see me with either. Post-it note or Evernote, which you got me into. Nice. And anything that comes to mind that I think may be interesting, I write it down. And 90% of it I never actually use. But it it's kind of like working out. The more you do reps, the more I you know, the more reps you'll be able to do. And I've realized the more I, I pay attention to these insights that show up, the more I'm aware of them. So I'm always constantly like, you know, I'm driving and something comes up. I'll write it down. I'll make a note of it. And when I get back home, if it still inspires me, I'll, I'll, I'll start writing about it. And there's times where I'll write, I have no idea what I'm going to write about, and I'll, I'll write that on the page. Yes. And all of a sudden, boom, something shows up. Like you literally and write, that's, that's, I have no idea what I want to write about. You just literally write those words. I literally write those words. Nice. I'll say something like, I had this idea in the car, and it was about, you know, what, enlightenment is but now I don't remember what it is and then oh yeah that's what it was and I'll just start writing it so you know there's a myth in writing I've heard several people who've who've come to me they say well what if you're not inspired or what if you're not feeling right to write the thing is I don't use my feelings as an indicator for anything Mm -hmm. like if I'm not inspired to write it just means I'm not inspired I can still write writing supersedes our feelings for me at least it has and so I don't use, you know, any more than the temperature only tells you what's going on outside. It doesn't tell you what you can do. I mean, you know, you can yeah. go skiing and it's cold, but there's people that say, oh, it's cold. I got to stay in. It doesn't necessarily mean that. And the same thing goes with how I feel. Nice. You know, it tells me that I'm feeling a certain way, but it doesn't necessarily tell me that I can't do a writing piece. Nice. Or a piece, so. I love that. Yeah. I love the analogy between the weather or, you know, this temperature and your feelings. It's so true. That's so true. And, and I've noticed for myself, too, that one of the feelings that's been really useful lately and almost like I it's been so good that I don't even know if I want to do without it is this like a touch of anger. Like when I'm kind of pissed <laughs> off, <laughs> I write some awesome shit. <laughs> and, you know, it's like I, most people would think, well, when I'm angry, you know, that's that's not that's not as good or that's not useful. And and it's like, yeah, it's the temperature. It's like, okay, it's freezing cold outside, but, you know, maybe I'm not going to go have a picnic, but what if I go ski down a mountain? That'd be fun. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And going further than that is all of it's good. All of it's good. As a musician, you probably know that. It's, there is no such thing of, of waiting for the right moment or feeling. And that's, that's for me, is one of the biggest myths is if you're, if you're, if you're called to write, it will show up. And uh, right now, for, for the last month, I haven't been called to write anything. I, mm-hmm. I haven't written a blog post. Um, and, it's, and I'm not afraid. I'm not, I'm not scared. It didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. But when the time comes, it's going to hit me like a train because it always has. Yeah. The good news is I don't have to wait for it. It'll come through me when it does. And that's, that's kind of a relief as a writer yeah. for me. Yeah, it, it really is very similar to being a musician. And actually, I got some really good advice from a guy named Stephen Memel, who I'm going to have on the show at some point. He's a he's a voice coach, but he also is, coaches people on on performance and creativity. And and you know what he said is um, 
something the effect of it, it, like ride the horse you came in on. So like is an analogy that he got from the world of horse racing. And that's what the jockeys say to themselves is like ride the ride the horse that they're on today. So not the horse that was there last week or that the horse they want to be just the horse that's there today, like be with that horse. And it's the same thing in music because, you know, we 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 are the variable in, in, in the in the music. You know, we step on the stage, we do all that stuff. And, you know, but maybe I'm feeling just maybe I'm feeling crappy or maybe like something awful just happened in my life. Well, that's that's what I'm going to bring to the show. Or maybe my voice is kind of raspy and maybe it's not, you know, it's not as, as, as easy to sing as it used to be. Well, that's what I'm going to bring to the show. And I'm, that's the person I'm going to be at the show. And that's all I can ever do. And when I relax into that, instead of being, uh, having a stand, having some standard of, well, you know, I want to be at top performance and that's what this means. And, and always, and always either falling short of that or meeting it. Um, instead I just go, okay, I'm going to ride the horse I'm on today and just be with whatever is. And, you know, and, and as a writer, you know, same thing really is like, I'm going to be, if I want to write, I'm just going to write what wants to be written today. It may not be inspirational. It may be some depressing shit. It may be like whatever's going on today. I'm just going to write and not have it try to be like last week when I was on fire and, or, you know, two months ago when I wrote this book or whatever. And so I love that. Yeah. And I mean, you hit it on the nail. Um, you know, when someone says, what do I need to do to write a book? The answer is write a book. Like, I, and the problem is people go, but it needs to be a, you know, insert this, you know, insert the blank there, like a good book, a number one bestseller, uh, something my dad will be proud of. But the truth is, if you want to write a book, write it. Eventually, a good book will come out. And that, you know, and that, you know, all my books that I've written, I had to go back and write, rewrite, read again. Like I, it's just part of the process. And, but what, what ends up happening is, you know, what, first of all, we have editors. That's the good news is, you know, an editor is not too expensive. Mm -hmm. So don't worry about the spelling. Don't worry about the errors. Don't worry about the run on sentences. You know, there's people that specifically fix that stuff. Your only job is to pick up the paintbrush and just put it on the wall and the rest will sort itself sort itself out. Mm -hmm. And that's that's like the kind of what you said is riding the horse that you came, came in. It really is that simple. But when you ask people why they're having writer's block, you'll a lot of times hear that they'll say, "Well, you know, I have to get this done by next month. I have to do, you know, I got to, you know, make sure that this becomes a bestseller or some trick." And again, they, it becomes back to writing to live, not living to write. Mm -hmm. uh, like I was talking about in the beginning. So, yeah, that's, that's a great analogy. Nice, nice, nice. So, uh, here's another question for you. How do you experience, um, like, uh, I, I call it, you know, the zone or whatever you want to call it, but when, when that really, when that hits, um, how would you describe that? Like, what is that like for you? This is really strange to say, but it's indescribable. And the reason I say that is it's outside of our intellect. It's not something that when I look back to try to describe it, I have to use my intellect, but it's not my intellect that feels it. Mm -hmm. Like it's literally a feeling that, 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 that comes through me. And at that moment, reality ceases to exist. It's like, it's like that whole idea when people say, you know, they, they get one with the universe and all that stuff. There's mm -hmm. some truth to that, for me at least, that it's, it's when, when the question, like when you're asking the question, doesn't even make sense to answer anymore because mm -hmm. you're too busy in, in that moment. So yeah. it's like when you finally hit reality head on and you try to use every single sensation to explain it or express it. And that's, that's, that's what it feels like when you're in that zone. Mm -hmm. It's happening to you or it's happening through you and it's not something that's that's needed and it's a happening. It's not a doing. I guess that's one of the biggest shifts for me. Mm. It's really a truly a happening. It's not something I'm doing in that sense. I'm I'm essentially an observer. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And I love that. It's yeah, it's you're 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 stepping out of the, the driver's seat in that sense. Yeah, I remember um Going back to you, 
you had mentioned that you had writer's block for a little bit, and I'd, I'd love, you know, we, we, we were talking about it briefly on our last call, but I wanted to kind of bring that up again, see if you can bring it to the conversation. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm just going to talk about it. I may not remember what I, we actually said, but, you know, it's, I think it's kind of like having, um, you know, business block, right? Like there's times when we, we have this idea for a business and then, and then it kind of stalls out and we're, we don't really know why, but we're not as excited about it anymore. And, and, you know, to me that usually is a really good indicator that, that something is about to shift, you know, and there's, there's a, there's going to be a new, um, there's going to be a new direction or maybe this project is, is his, it's time has come and it's done. And, um, and so I, I like the idea that, that my lack of motivation indicates something important. Um, and, and that's been true for a lot of writing projects. You know, I've, I've started several books that I haven't finished and I'm kind of glad that I didn't finish them. You know, they're, I could have just like powered through, but you know, then I wouldn't have been on to the next idea that may have been more exciting. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really open to, to seeing what, what my lack of motivation means or lack of inspiration because I'm always inspired to do something, you know? Really, like that's that's a really I love that idea. I just you know thought about that now, but like we're always inspired to do something, and so yeah. it may just not be writing. So we're not blocked about going for a run. You know, we're not. You know, if maybe we don't want to write, but maybe we're going to go play basketball, or maybe we want to go play with our kids, or maybe we want to um, you know make a video, or maybe we want to do a little Facebook post rant or whatever. But we're always inspired to do something, and I think it's about really finding out what that thing is instead of trying to make it what you want. Yeah, and, and that goes with nothing, too. A lot of times I'm inspired to do nothing, and that, that's mm-hmm. actually a really relevant thing to do. Yeah. And so we, we, we don't give that credit. And matter of fact, one way that I know that I'm not inspired to write is I want to do everything but write. You know, like uh, when I first wrote my, my first book, literally every every third page I'd go on the Internet and try to find, like, 30 days to a Amazon bestseller or you know, tips and tricks from writers to, to make it painless and effortless. And, and I realized that that's not the way I wanted to write because I was getting more excited about programs on how to write than the actual writing. Mm-hmm. And that's because, you know, my, my heart wasn't really into the writing. It was, you know, trying to do everything but to actually write something for my heart. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my indicators for, for the people listening is, you know, are you spending time trying to be you know, there's nothing wrong with trying to be a better writer, but are you spending more of your time doing that than actually sitting down in front of a computer or with a pen and just expressing what you need to do mm-hmm. or what you want to say? And uh, I know that you had a similar story about that. I did. I did. I did. Um, so, yeah, we had. I had this idea. So I was writing a book, and it wasn't even that long or that, you know, uh, it was a pretty easy book and I just wanted to finish it and I, and I couldn't, I couldn't get myself around to finishing it. And so I decided, yeah, I went in search of programs and, and I decided to even make one up and it was, I called it the, the doomsday book club and <laughs> just the name. It makes me laugh, but you know, I, I, my, my idea was I wanted to collect a bunch of authors like me or writers or whatever. And, um, and get together and then essentially, do some like high stakes, um, finish this by the end of the year or you lose $10,000 or something. Um, and yeah, I remember, I remember talking about it with you. I was like, I was really all excited about it. I thought like, this is brilliant. And also I'm going to make some money off this because you know, I can, uh, I can, (laughs) I can charge people for like monthly webinars or a Facebook group or whatever. And, uh, I brought the idea to you and you were like, well, you know, that's, it was sort of like, you know, it just didn't, from your experience and having done that already, essentially in some ways, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't going to be the thing that was going to have me a write a, a really inspired book. And then also, you know, be enjoy the writing process. And, and, um, I don't know you can say a little more about that, but that was essentially what I did. And I ended up just cutting the idea out that day, which was a huge relief because, um, you know, that could have dragged on for months and, uh, you know, lots of time and <laughs> wasted on that idea, which was going to ultimately die anyways, I think, because, you know, um, you just can't help it when an idea is not really right. It's going to die eventually. It's just a question of how fast. 
Yeah, that's that's a great way to look at it. Matter of fact, this it, this doesn't just go for writing. You know, talk to people that are telling you that they're going to they're going to do the diet this year, and they they have this whole like uh, diet planned out word for word, and the other people are just eating right. Or, you know, people that say, oh, I'm going to go work out, and they have this whole program, and, you know, they got the clothes and the shoes, the right, you know, everything. And it's the ones that are just going out and running that are working out. And the same mm -hmm. thing for writing. It's like the ones that are writing are the ones that are writing. Yeah. They're writing crap. They're writing good stuff. They're writing things that doesn't make sense. They're writing things that frustrate them. But they're writing. And the ones that don't want to write are doing everything but. And that, that's something that I've caught myself doing still to this day. You know, as soon as I become, <clears throat> for some strange reason, I don't want to write, I think it's, I need to go find a, find some way to get me to ba go back writing again. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, I'm going to write or I'm not going to write. Those are the two options as a writer. Mm -hmm. And either I'm going to wait for something to inspire me or be inspired, or write not being in that inspiration moment. Mm -hmm. But the more that you just start writing, the more it's just starts to get better. And it gets it gets easier, mm -hmm. and so you know there is really no magic pill as far as writing, but just to write. Yeah. And like we mentioned before, and when you get that space where you don't have you have nothing to say, then bring it inside of you by reading. Read read all sorts of stuff. Read newspapers. Read blogs. Read fiction. Read nonfiction. Read things that you know people people magazine. It doesn't matter. Just get yourself into reading again, and. Uh, Thing that shows up. Interestingly enough, mm -hmm. things will show up. Yeah, I, I read this blog post the other day that really inspired my writing, and it was called "The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck," and it was by a guy named Mark Manson. And what I it was it was really interesting, and he's he's a really he's a really incredible writer. And in this blog post, he actually used the word "fuck" 127 times, um, and <laughs> he just the way he wrote was so. Uh, I don't know, so free and 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 it totally it. I wrote a really great article right after it um, because I I had this. I don't know. I was just like you know, fuck it. Let's just. I'm just gonna say whatever I want, however I want, because he he modeled that for me, and and so yeah, I love that. There's so much writing out there that can that can do so much for us in in terms of like hey we don't have to be inspired and let's you know let's just read a little bit and, and blog post whatever it is so many so much good stuff out there yeah and i mean the the, <clears throat> the main reason that reading or writing is, is so powerful is it's the it brings us so close to our reality you know besides living it where we can actually like taste it i have people that have read my book and said man, it just did something for me and I can't explain why. And that means I've done my job. It means that I didn't filter anything out and I just expressed myself the best that I could, you know? Yeah. And that, that's, that's all you can ask for as a writer is to, to give what you have in that moment, whatever it looks like, all of it. And that, that's, to me, that's not difficult. That's the easiest part of the process. Mm -hmm. It's just we start getting into it and saying, well, what if people don't like it? What if this happens? What if, you know, and the what ifs all of a sudden get you into a whole other place, back to the intellect. Yeah. But this is, the creative process is an, is a, is an intuition-based process. It's not, you know, intellectual. It's, at least when, I, when I'm writing it, you know, I'm writing stuff that may seem intellectual, but it's coming from another place. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I want to I want to have you talk about one thing because this is interesting. You know, I think one of the fears that a lot of writers have is like, what if I write and my book, you know, isn't very good? Or what if I write and it ends up and it turns out that I don't really believe what I wrote anymore? Um, and, and I know for you that the, the first couple books you wrote um, don't necessarily reflect where you're at today. Um, and so I'd like you to speak to that a little bit because I think maybe you had the, the quote unquote worst case scenario happen and yet maybe it wasn't so bad. Can you speak to that? Yeah, that's that's awesome. So, yeah, so the first couple books of mine, matter of fact, uh, just a quick story, I wrote a book called The Happiness Formula, and literally two weeks after I wrote that book, I had a huge insight <laughs> that changed my whole outlook on these like strategies to success and happiness, and I was like, crap, what am I gonna do? I had a speaking event, 
to talk about the book. So I was kind of in a conundrum. But what I've realized now is that was the best book I could write in that time. So mm-hmm. it's almost a time capsule for me. Like I get to go back and see where I was at and where, you know, how much I've grown. There's, a, there's an author, uh, Anise Nin, who wrote, We Write to Taste Life Twice, in the mm. moment and in retrospect. Like, I'm writing about the taste of life in that moment, what I, what I knew, the best of my abilities. So I never go back and go get down on myself because, man, what a gift to go back to see where you're at. Yeah. And you know what? I can do it. I did it in that moment, and I can go back and see what, how my life tasted back then. So go, go get your worst stuff out. Get mm. your most miserable stuff. Be embarrassed about it. And yeah. be, be, be able to taste where you're at in that moment because it'll, it'll get you again. It'll bring you back to where you're at now. And you can only learn from those. And for me, it's, just, it's a way of growth. And, and if you don't have books or articles that you're not ashamed of or embarrassed about, then you haven't written enough. Nice. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I heard, um, heard something once from, I think it was the founder of LinkedIn, and he said, if the first run of whatever you're doing is not embarrassing, then you've waited too long. You know? Yeah, that's great. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's so true. I mean, it's, and, and and that thought of trying to, yeah, trying to, trying to avoid embarrassment or avoid something, you know, it's always, you know, you're, there's always going to be one star reviews, you know, there's always going to be, uh, critics and it just like literally can't avoid that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So another question for you, um, and this is more of a vague general question that I, I'd like to see what you do with. Uh, why do you write? That's a great question. It's because I can't, I don't know how to sing and I, I don't play music. So <laughs> this is my way, honestly, to express, uh, express who I am. I realized that, you know, I learned how to type. Thank God for that. Because I don't know what else, how else I would have given out my creative ideas so you know the two things that i that i like to do is talk and writing is just an extension of me talking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where are some of your favorite places to write do you have any you know besides you know not making a place that you have to write in you know but like are there and then anything any situations or places or you know, uh, moods that, or, or, you know, cups of coffee you like, or what, what are some, what are some of your favorite places to write? So for me, it's not so much the place, but the, but the exhilaration in the moment, wherever I'm at. And luckily because of technology now, I can be in the bathroom. I could be at a restaurant. The last time I wrote something, I was actually at a restaurant called Snooze going for breakfast uh-huh. and while we're waiting for a, for a table I had 20 minutes to write and it was some of the best stuff I've ever written and I think it's not so much for me the place of it is 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 when something comes and how to utilize it the best you can in that moment so it can be anywhere and and having the, the capabilities to be able to write at that moment there's a lot of times where I didn't have the the you know, I didn't have my phone or I was with people, but, um, so the play, your whole, in other words, the whole world is a playground for me. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a, you know, I don't have the place that's my favorite. It's just when something hits me, I run with it mm-hmm. wherever I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And that's, I, 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 I have this theory that writing on my phone, um, so writing on my phone has actually been really great. Just kind of like you said, right? And I don't know what it is. I think at this point we're used to typing on our phones, so it's not a pain anymore. And there's something about writing on my phone where my brain doesn't think it's serious at all. Like it's just like writing a text to a friend or writing a Facebook post. And and I actually, I really like just brevity in general. So, I mean, I, I could write something and it could be considered a whole article, but I could just write it, you know, in about 10 minutes on my phone. And, uh, you know, there's something like when I'm on my phone that it's just no big deal. Like it's, you know, I, but when I sit down in front of a computer and, you know, I open up a blank paper, piece of paper, you know, then, then my, uh, 
you know, my brain goes, okay, now we're writing, you know, and then it's like, no, no, we're not writing. We're not writing. We're just on a computer with paper. And, uh, you know, and so the phone is a really, I think the phone's a very underutilized writing tool. Yeah. And, and you know what, what I love about what you said is that's how you can express your creativity. And if for anyone that says there's a certain way to do it, um, there isn't. And that's, you know, if that's what it looks like to you and, and I've read a lot of your stuff, they're incredible stuff. And you actually told me that you, you uh, wrote a lot of that stuff on your phone. Oh, definitely. And so I, I, I know that there's benefit with however you want to express yourself. And that's, that's the beauty of, of, of writing, is that, you know, if I can read another quote, there's a quote that says, there are three rules for writing a novel. Unfortunately, no one knows what they are. <laughs> and that was by a guy named Somerset uh, Maugham. And so um, yeah. I, I totally agree with that, is when we get rid of the rules, when we get rid of what it should be and how it's supposed to be, we're left with writing. We're left with being able to express ourselves. It's when we get our own way. And, and you know, if, if, if writing on with a, with a rock on a wall works for you, great. A lot of times, uh, you know, I get inspired in the car, and, and if I don't have pen and paper, I'll just start talking as if I'm, I'm, I'm talking to a, uh, a recorder, even if it's not recording, because the process is always available. You can utilize it in any which way you want. You don't necessarily even have to be in front of a keyboard, mm -hmm. but say your thoughts out loud. Talk about it. Talk about the book you want to write. You know, people probably think I'm crazy when I'm driving because I'm not talking to anybody, but if, if the creativity is coming through me, get it out. Get it out however you want. Yeah. And writing is just one extension. You can speak it. You can sing it. Yeah. You know? And uh, that's the beauty of what we do. Yeah. 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 I, I, I love that. It's like, it's really, a, this is one of the things that Steve Chandler and I talked about on this, on this show, which is this idea of, you know, inspiration hits everybody. It's just a question of what do you, what do you do when it hits? You know, what, what, mm -hmm. what, what happens? So it's, if, you know, if it hits and you ignore it or, you know, you don't know what to do with it or you're afraid of it, but you know, if inspiration hits and says, start singing, you know, in your car. It's like, well, I guess I got to sing. And how surrendered can you be to whatever wants to happen? You know, and, and a lot of people have it that, well, I can only do this or they, they want it to be a certain way. And, and that's just not how it works. That if anyone got anything out of it, that is the essence of it right there. Mm -hmm. What you just said is just everything about writing comes from that. Mm -hmm. That when it hits you, you just, you know, when it hits you, you just don't have a choice. You just got to express it however that is. And, you know, you, you happen to be a musician as well, so you can express it through music and you're also creative with your with your uh, writing. You know, if I could paint, I would paint, but I don't know how. I mean, I guess, I guess it, um, the only thing about writing that can be dangerous is people will actually believe what you're saying. And, uh, you know, some, a lot of the stuff I write is, uh, you know, in self-help, and again, as someone who writes self-help books, my, my, uh, the things that I'm saying is not in the words, it's in the feeling. Because that's how I wrote my book. I wrote it with feeling. And the words are just secondary to that. So, you know, sometimes I have to be careful with what I write, too, because sometimes people look at it as, as this is the way. Just like with this, what we're saying right now, mm -hmm. uh, if anyone's listening, this is my way of doing it. And this is how, how Dave Buddha does it. Yeah. But, uh, you, you know, cultivate your own gift and find out what it, what it takes. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. I, I, you know, when I considered who I wanted to have on this podcast, um, I have friends that are, that are actually really good writers. And, and they've – but I, I think the only requirement I had is that I wanted to have people that – I guess it's just about experience or like a body of work um, and not even someone that's necessarily like a, a really good writer or not, but I wanted to have people that are drawing from their experience just, you know, because we learn so much from sitting down and trying to write, even if we suck at it. Now um, we learn so much from that process and it's, you know, I just, I just wanted to like have uh, in the, I wanted to, I wanted to be talking about um, in the field experience the whole time. You know, and I, so I love mm -hmm. it. It's like we're as we as we think about this 
subject of the writing process. You know, we're, we're just drawing from our experience sitting there and struggling and the mistakes and then the triumphs and the successes. And, 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 I, and I love it because it's like this really isn't something that, that you can talk about in theory all that well. It's really got to come from, oh, I noticed this. Oh, like, oh, I couldn't believe when this happened. Or, oh, wow, this, I thought this would work and it completely backfired or whatever. Yeah. yeah, it is a very experiential, uh, um, uh, you know, an experiential thing to do. It's it's very, it's, it's it's like swimming. You know, once you get in the water, it's a lot different than explaining it. And the creative process is, is just that. It's, uh, you know, for the people that are waiting for a golden nugget or a secret from us, you're going to be waiting forever because there really is no secret. That 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 is the secret. Yeah, And, uh, you know, again, I've had so many people, you know, they go, oh, you know, I've been wanting to write a book and I just can't get myself to write. And, and I asked them, well, have you actually sat down to write? Well, no, 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 I'm waiting for the right title or the right this. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's all these stipulations and just get those out of your head. And, and you know, it, it, for me, sometimes um, a good start is who would you write to? Like, you know, when you when you're considering someone for your podcast, you got to think, well, who would I want to speak to? And the same thing uh, with writing for me a lot of times is, who would I write this for? If they're sitting in front of me, what would I want to share with them? If it was the last thing I would have, some, you know, the last of my words to mm-hmm. them, what would it be? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, I guess that's a strategy. That's not something I always do, but that, that kind of helped me out with my last book. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell me about that. I remember you, you sharing with me how that book you know, uh, how the idea came to you and then how you acted on it and it just kind of moved through you and it was like, bam. I mean, just tell me about that process. And that was Lessons from My Coach, right? Yeah, so my, my last book was Lessons from My Coach and it was my time with my coach, Rich Litvin. And it never occurred to me to write a book, but what I realized is that I had a lot of insights with my time with him. So I just started to write the insights down. And then I re- realized some of the insights would be really good for me to write down so I don't forget them. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, it ended up becoming a book. But what I realized is I never had the intention of writing a book, and maybe that's why this one was so successful. It was solely to get what I needed out of me onto paper. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there, was, there was no end result. There was nothing out of it outside of just getting that on paper for my own sake. I actually wrote that for myself. It was almost a diary. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's why it has such a good, and sh- like, uh, so, so much strength to the, to the writing uh, as far as what readers have told me is because there was no other reason to write it but for my own sake. Yeah. And, you know, and the person that was in front of me was me. I was like, well, what would I say to me if, if I had to regurgitate or, or go back and, and remember what my time and my, the feelings I had with my coach felt like? What mm-hmm. would I say to myself? Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that's what came out. Yeah, it's really like a, it, it feels like a memoir in a lot of ways. You know, it's very, it's very personal, very vulnerable. Like I was, I was, really, um, I was really impressed at how, how, how deep you, you, you dove with that one. Yeah, and, and yeah, I did I did dive pretty deep. There was you know a few things I didn't want in that book, and that's when I knew I needed to get it, put it in there. Yeah, the ones that hurt, and that was uh, that was important to get in there. Yeah, especially if you're writing a book about working with Rich, right? Like you know you can't avoid that. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, him and uh, another awesome coach, Melon Rodriguez, were like, "Look, you got some really good stories that you're hiding." Nice. So that's all I'm going to say. And then they hung up on me. So, so I knew that, you know, they saw it and I saw it too. And that, that, that's when I went back. And again, there's no, the good news about writing is that it's never done. You can always go back. You can always change it. Even if you write a book, you can always go back and edit it and change it and make it better. You yeah. know, revise it. So you're never, you never, you know, there's nothing to ever be embarrassed about. Yeah. I think that's a good point because I think that, sometimes I think there's a difference between like a blog post and a book in that way where I go, well, if it's a blog post, I can always go back and edit it Well, with a book. I can't. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure that may be true to an extent where if it's a printed copy, obviously you can't go back and change it. 
be kind of like that movie Sex Tape. Have you seen that? You know, when they try to go and Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) uh, anyways, but, um, you know, it's like uh, you really can go revise a book. And ultimately, you know, if we worry about anything, it's like, what's the book that we're leaving behind, you know? And, and as long as we update it, it's, you know, if people go and buy the book, they're, they're going to get the, they're going to get the latest thing, you know, and that's important. Absolutely. And, and, and the words of Dave Buddha, what are we preserving anyway? <laughs> what, what is it that we're afraid of holding on to that, that what we write is going to, you know, define who we are or what is it that we're, we're, what are we preserving? And so, you know, that, that terminology of preserving really changed the way I look at things because everything is up for grabs now. Mm-hmm. The good, the bad, the ugly, I, I will put it on paper. It's, it's there, it's free game. And, I'm going to let the audience and the reader do what they want with it because it's just my words. Mm-hmm. So that that that's what's what's awesome with this with with the writing process. Yeah, is we're just a, we're just a conduit for them, and the way that we do that is through our expression, through giving everything that we have available in that moment, whatever it looks like. Mm-hmm. So we've talked. But a few influences. Um, who or what are some of your your biggest influences? Tell me about some more. So some of my biggest influences uh, for me as a writer is, um, you know, I've, I've always been into psych- psychology and philosophy. I'd have to say Alan Watts has been a huge influence for me, mm. and uh, so has Osho. Yeah. And I think the reason those two uh, really hit me is because they, they they go beyond the words and you sense what they're saying from a different place. They they bring they they're like inside catalysts. And I've always admired them too for, for being able to do that in all their writings. Mm-hmm. So those two have been a huge influence on me. You know, one of the fascinating things about Osho's books, and I don't know about all of his books, but I know a lot of his books are just transcribed speeches he gave. That's correct. That's and, actually true. And I find that kind of fascinating because, you know, we think, I mean, what an easy way to write a book, you know, <laughs> just have somebody transcribe <laughs> your speeches. And then all of a sudden, like, boop, a book pops out. And, and I think, you know, I think they probably did that after he died or something or there was sure there was a reason for that. <clears throat> but I find that fascinating that and because and those books that are transcribed speeches are they're great. I mean, they're not it doesn't you don't you don't even know that it's a speech. It feels his 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 style is so is so natural, and then I think there's something to be said for that. You know, it's funny you say that because I think Alan Watts, a lot of his stuff has been transcribed as well. Now that I, now that you mentioned it, so that's really interesting. So I guess that that goes to show that if you uh, kind of what I do in the car, if you if you if you have something to write, speak it, mm-hmm. speak it, and see what shows up. Yeah, and then if you want to do it like Osho, just speak it like you know, six times as slow, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a lot easier yeah, to transcribe what, what Osho because he's just like, you could, you could type, you could like hunt and peck and still type and catch up with his speaking, you know. Yeah, what's interesting about him uh, when he, when he's talking is I have no idea what he's talking about. I actually can't stand listening to him. But when he writes or when they transcribe what he writes, man, I think I, I get to bring a part of, part part of me to the table on onto what he's writing. I think that's where he shines for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, and I, I love listening to Alan Watts. I mean, the way he speaks something about that is just incredible. Um, I think that, you know, it's been, the evidence is there because he's now he's, everybody's making videos of his speeches on YouTube. It's like the popular thing to do now. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. I agree to that. Um, what are some, you know, what are some quirky things that you've discovered about your creative process that, you know, people might not expect and, you know, over the years having just written a lot, what are some things you've discovered that work that maybe you just were like, I can't believe this is what I'm doing, but it's working. Well, one of the things is that that works is keep writing and it's a lot of times the things that I think are shit are the things that people resonate with. And that's mm. one of the things that's been happening to me a lot is I'll think that I'm writing something amazing and powerful and people will be like, yeah, that was good. 
And then I write something like you said, either I'm angry, I'm bored, I'm exhausted, or I just want to write for the sake of it. And uh, people say, man, that, that really hit home for me. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I've realized is that, that just to keep writing, and even if you think it's shit, don't throw it away. Yeah. Sit, sit with it, show it, share it with people, get, get feedback. Um, I don't know if that's quirky, but that's something that, was, that flew in the face of what I thought uh, is not going to happen. Yeah, you know, I, I just wrote an article about this, too, because this was an insight that I had, which, and the, the name of the article is, you, you never know what will succeed, and it, when you do, it will kill you. Like, when you think you know, it will kill you. So that was, I forget what I actually titled it. But what I noticed uh, for myself, um, if I ever thought, if I ever was certain about something that was going to be a hit or not, um, it it killed me because one of two options was possible. Now, now, if it fails, I'm disappointed. And then I'm like, oh, I don't want to write anymore. And like, I get all bummed. And then if it succeeds, now I have to be, now I have to do it again. And I have to do it again with this, this delusion that I can actually predict the future, you know, that I can, that I know what's going to be successful and it just totally stifles the writing creative process. And so I I took, actually, I took, um, I took a line from something Seth Godin had said in an interview, which I love. And Seth Godin says, before he launches any project and he's been working on it for a while, but before he launches it, he just says to himself, this might not work. And mm. for someone like Seth Godin, to him, it's hard for something to, quote unquote, not work. So I imagine that's even more true for him. He's got to remind himself, like, he did the best he could. He launched it, but it might totally fail. Even because I think that all the time I go like, you know, I'm about to launch like even this podcast, you know, when when it goes live, like right now as we're recording this, it hasn't been I haven't launched it on iTunes yet. And I am like. I had to stop. I had to kind of pull back my confidence a little bit because I'm going. You know what? I I think this is going to be a a great podcast. I think the idea is fucking brilliant. Um, I think people are going to love it, and I, I have no idea if it's going to work. This thing could just fall on its face, and and if it does, and I thought that it was going to work, I might not move on and do the next project, and then so I might you know it might end up killing my creativity, and and I don't want that, and so. I just really love this idea that if you just write and you don't, you know, you keep your head down and you just write and you don't, and you ship it off and then it does what it does and you don't, you know, even spend too much time checking the likes on Facebook. You just keep writing and just keep writing and keep writing and let, let the, let the work go out in the world and do what it does because it's going to do what it does anyways, whether you watch it or not, mm-hmm. you know, and then continue to create. Um, that's been a huge, huge theme for me lately. You know, what what occurred to me while you said that is, you know, when people say, oh, man, your book was such a success, uh, it was brilliantly written, but it was a failure before I published it. What I mean by that is I didn't think it's going to be good. I actually wasn't, you know, expecting anything. Yeah. And success is really, in retrospect, we see something as successful, but, you know, 10 minutes before you published it, two days before you, you know, sent it off, you know, a week before you're finished with the last chapter, there are so many times where I went, this is crap, or man, I should really wait again and do a revision. So success is, it is you can't know success until something is out in the world. And yeah. interestingly enough, it's not our job to decipher which one is successful or not. As you mentioned, that's what the universe is going to offer you. That's what's going to be given once it's out there. Yeah. So... So, you know, success or failure are not even in the realm of what I do because my only job is to write. Yeah. You know, the rest, the success and failure is, is an aftermath of what I allow to be available to people. So, and good, good. I hope you have success and I hope you have failures. I hope you have more failures because yeah. that will give you the, what's needed for success to inevitably pop up, not by any, by any formula or design, but by the sheer, sheer willingness to keep writing. Mm-hmm. That that's what I see as successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't even think we need to focus on. I think as I'm what I'm getting to as I'm thinking about this idea is that even the notion of like calibration is not totally accurate. Where we think, okay, well, I'm going to look at my past successes or failures, and then that's going to inform what I do in the future. And I don't know if that's totally necessary. I think that that's happening whether we like it or not. So it's happening on a, on a maybe a, a more. A, a, subconscious level then so if we just write 
what we feel like writing, if we write what we're inspired to write, if we write what's coming through us, I think all that stuff's getting taken into account. Um, and I think sometimes we can overanalyze and spend too much time trying to look at and connect the dots up to this point to see what we should be writing now, which again is just really an effort to make something a success instead of just write. And, and I think that's also a mistake too that, I could, that I've made too, I know. I think that's brilliant. You're absolutely right with that. There, the, the very mere fact of calibration is, is a, a fruitless endeavor because it's not, it's, you know, when we're calibrating something, again, we're going into the realm of the intellect. But the creative process is not concerned with calibrating success or failure. It's the only thing that the creative process is, is job is to, to, to be in the being, to be in the moment and to ex- express that with how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the, the idea of, of calibrating or success and failure, we'll leave that for the critics. We'll leave that for the people that, that uh, have something, something to say about our writing. And that's, that's fine with me. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know, yeah. it, 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 I'm no more concerned about how you view how I value, how I love my wife. Like, I don't care how you calibrate, how I gaze into my wife's eyes. You can sit there and tell me I'm doing it right or wrong, but that's not how my love for my wife works. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way for me in, in, in writing. You know, the calibration is, is, is really meaningless for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Last question here. Um, if you could go back in time and, and I think we've probably touched on a lot of this already, but um, if you go, go back in time, let's say like two or three years or yourself when you kind of started out, let's say as a writer and you could slip a note uh, on that desk that you would sit down and you'd read it. um, What would you, what would you write to yourself as a piece of advice? Hmm. Don't be a better writer, just write. That's probably what I would say. And and I guess I, I the other thing I would probably write is is don't live a paper life. And what I mean by that is I was trying to trying to learn the secret from from other people's insights. And it was living a paper life because it was it was not my life. I wasn't living. I was I was trying to use other people's ideas and the expressions and what they thought was the right way to make it mine. And mm-hmm. all the while, I was getting farther from my my own creative truth. And uh, I mean, Henry David Thoreau said it best. He said, "How vain is it to sit down to write when you've never stood up to live?" Oh. And that's what I was not doing. Is I wasn't living. I wasn't. I wasn't expressing myself. I was too busy in other people's expressions. I was too busy in other people's insights and secrets that, you know, hopefully we're going to, we're going to get passed down to me. And meanwhile, the whole time, my brilliance and my, 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 my genius, my, my creativity was inside me all along mm-hmm. and I was looking for it everywhere except myself. So, you know, it, go back to being alive and start living because once you see that you're capable of everything that you want and it's already in you, the rest is just you sitting down and giving it, giving it a shot mm-hmm. and expressing it on paper. And I guess that's, that's what I would tell myself. Nice. That's beautiful, man. I really like that. Don't live a paper life. Hmm. Well, you know, uh, to no surprise of me, um, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and, um, and I think it tur- I think we did better than the than the uh, than the twenty minutes that had to get scrapped due to technical difficulties. So I'm I'm really uh, I'm pleasantly surprised about that. Um, and uh, yeah, and just thanks again. I mean, so 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 enjoy everything you said. Um, I really you know I, I really got present to how much of a student of writing you are too, and and some of the people that you mentioned in the quotes. Um, gosh, just like became some of my favorites. That was just really really appreciate like how, how, how well educated you are in that way, not in the typical education sense, but, um, and, uh, yeah, thanks so much for being, being here today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to all your other podcasts and, uh, and anyone, anyone that's listening, please bug, uh, bug Buddha to send out some of his writings from his book. It's incredible. <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to that book too. So I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. And if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? 
they can uh, get in touch with me on my website, which is amirkarakudi.com. And if you want to email me, you can email me through my website or you can email me at amir at amirkarakudi.com. Cool. And that's K-A-R-K-O-U-T-I. And that's correct. That all that information will be in the show notes uh, with some links, some links to Amir's book, and just go to darkenthepage.com slash zero zero three, and you'll get all that. Thanks, Amir, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, my friend. Talk to you soon.